Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Let's get into it, though. Broncos defeating the Roosters 32-10. Now, we've already spoken about it a little on Packer Up, boys, but I was just so impressed by this Broncos performance, and I actually thought that the Roosters were lucky that it wasn't a bit more than that. You know, you look at the tries that they scored. They were both off kicks, I'm pretty sure. Um, I thought the Broncos, even though they weren't dominating field position, they just had complete control of the game at all times, even though for the first 20 minutes, the Roosters had them in their own end. And I think that is super, super impressive. What do you think of the game, Guru? Yeah, I think so. Like more and more in this competition, I'm starting to notice the game starts at the 20th minute. Mm. All teams can hang in with each other for that first 20 minutes, but it's then it's when those good teams take it to that next level where they, they, these games, it seems to be literally where they start mm. against these good sides. And man, I never felt like the Roosters were in this game. You said they scored... Two tries laid off kicks. Like I thought 32 to 10. I almost complimented the Roosters. Well, you'd look at the two tries that should have been tries, looking at fucking well, yeah. 40. Yeah, exactly right. And you also like, like I, I don't know why Brisbane keep doing it, to be honest with you, but I, I think that they look like a lesser side when they put Pay Carrigan on the edge mm. than in the middle. Like I, I reckon they look so much better with him through the middle. I understand they've got injuries and stuff, but... <clears throat> I think I it's to shore up their defence. Yeah, which is fair, but like... I reckon if he was at lock, they score so many more points in this game. Yeah, that's fair because he can be around the ball more, tipping onto Haas. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's more to shore up their defence mm. um, because since he's gone there, the, the, I know it's a small sample size, but they just look so much more, I guess, certain as to where they should be heading, whether they should be jamming in, whether they should be sliding out. But uh, you would hope that when everyone's fit, that they can get, obviously, Ricky back there. And Ricky, obviously, we know is a good defender. Good defender or Pia Cora. It's only a week or two away, Ricky, yep. as well. Okay. Uh, what do you think of the Broncos, Timmy? Really impressive. <coughs> you sort of touched on it already, but there was the Katoni Staggs no-try off the kick, which was absolutely a try. There was poor old Tyson Smoothie missing out on oh. his try running into the ref. Would have been his first NRL try, oh, I believe. <laughs> so you add those in, Goo touched on it. The Roosters tries off kicks. 
you know, at 32-10, the scoreline probably flattered the Roosters a little bit. Mm. Now, I know the Roosters have had a, a poor season, but at the end of the day, it's still a damn good roster they're running out. So Brisbane, you know, they're, they're stamping their authority and their premiership credentials week in, week out. So, you, mate, you couldn't have been any happier watching this game, I don't think. Yeah, I, I thought it was outstanding, and I, you know, I spoke about it on Friday's podcast, but I really felt the Roosters came out to bully the Broncos. And that's part of rugby league. You know, your forward pack gets told, I want you to dominate the other forward pack. That's what happens before every NRL game. And I was just so impressed with the Broncos. Not only, you know, a lot of young forward packs will probably lash out at that. You'll see a lot of pushing and shoving, a lot of, you know, late hits and almost get a bit too emotional. I just love that the Broncos were just like, it didn't bother them one bit. Like at no point were they, I mean, Selwyn Cobo got absolutely jammed. Next set, boom, straight up, up the guts. Uh, Haas, our main guy, just happens to get head hide. He just gets up, plays the ball, doesn't even bother him, doesn't push and shove. That's a sign of a, a, a team that's maturing. And yet you go back and, you know, when we did have him on, on the ropes to a degree after our first two tries, you know, there were two balls that Reese Walsh just threw completely out of the field, you know. Uh, so unforced errors um, a couple of times and we still managed to win 32-10. The Broncos are looking red, red hot. I, I think that, you know, we said it, but Penrith are out-and-out favourites. Uh, and what separates them from, say, the Broncos, in my opinion, is they play eight to nine out of ten every single week. So they, we know that they can play three finals footy games at at least eight out of ten. Now, the Broncos, their biggest challenge going forward is can they play three games in a row at nine out of ten? We know. I think that at their best they can genuinely be a 50-50 chance of beating Penrith, but will they turn up and be their best in the big game? We know Penrith will, will the Broncos. As well, I was going through some uh, numbers this morning, having a look at it. So if you look at the last three years, Penrith, for example, they've played in 10 finals games in the last three years. They've won eight of them. Mm. If you look at all the other teams in, in, in um, contention, you've got Brisbane, Cowboys, Warriors, Melbourne, for example. Those four teams combined have featured in eight finals games in the last three years. Wow. Wow. Like it's a huge gap. Yeah. South Sydney's the side, and we'll talk about them soon, that, is, that has got the finals experience. But their season has literally finished three years in a row now against Penrith. So yeah, wow. it's going to be tough for someone to go toe-to-toe with that side on yeah. the big stage. But I think Brisbane are one of the best hopes to do it. Yeah, it's agreed. just that finals experience that worries me so much. And we in this season, we've seen them come out and just not be good. You know, just not be good. Whereas Penrith, outside of maybe the first few games since then, they've been... Outstanding every game. I mean, there's one game in the last three years that I remember that Penrith weren't good. Mm. It was Melbourne towed them up last year in Penrith, just post buy period, uh, origin period, I should say, and they beat it. Was it 20 nil or something? And yeah, they were, so. from memory, they were relatively close to full strength. Yeah. Off the top of my head, there might have been others. One game in three years where they were no good. Yeah. You got another one or? Mate. Other than the preseason trial against uh, St Helens, I think <laughs> yeah. honestly, that's the talk about that again. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, Mike. Still keeps me awake at night. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Broncos, and then we'll get into the Roosters. Um, geez, uh, Reese Walsh is just so close to greatness in regards to he's got so long in his career to be considered great. But if he just fixes up a few little things with his just with his the way he approaches games mentally, I put it this way: I would argue that in his first couple of years, he's probably more well-rounded than Billy Slater was. Now, Billy Slater, I think, has the best attitude probably of any fullback ever, beside maybe Darren Lockyer. 
But he didn't come into grade with the ball playing that Reese Walsh has. Maybe he was a bit more. Um, I'd say Billy Slater was probably a stronger ball runner than than Reese Walsh, but the he wasn't. I'm pretty sure Billy Slater wasn't the Queensland fullback at 21 years old. I think he had to did he come on the wing. And came he, on the wing. He debuted on the wing in Origin. I'm talking off the dome here, but you would have had guys like Matty Bowen, Carmichael Hunt, yeah. all these sort of guys. So put it this way, I, I agree with you. I don't think Billy Slater at the same age would have had the same impact on the Origin series that mm. Reese Walsh did. This so, sorry, Bill, so Billy Slater went wing, this is Origin, wing, 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 fullback, 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 bench, bench. And then in 2009, he was the full-time fullback. Yeah. And so, and that's, this is, this is actually a credit to Billy because he worked on his game. And I think the difference between maybe Billy and Reese Walsh right now is their mental application to their game. And that's what made Billy the greatest fullback of all time. You know, maybe the only one to challenge him is Darren Lockyer uh, as the greatest fullback of all time. And so Reese, he's got a ways to go to get to Billy's level, like so, so long. But the only thing, just needs to fix up the way he approaches the games mentally sometimes. And wow, the base that he's got that oh, he's starting yeah. at is unbelievable. Yeah, the, the, the natural ability is there to absolutely be as good as Billy Slater in 10 years' time, whatever it might be, or when they, again, we're getting so far ahead of ourselves, but it's there. It's, as you said, it's Billy from day dot was just so well-rounded and so mistake-free, never dropped balls. He's like the perfect fullback. Yeah. It's about, isn't it, Reese Walsh rounding out those areas, which will happen in time. Yeah, it'll happen But how sure. quickly can it happen Oh mate, I mean, I mean, you look look at his game on the weekend. He came out in the second half. He thought run first rather than pass mm. first, and he set the bloody game alight. Um, he is just such a incredible player to watch and talk about superstars of our game. If he continues on this trajectory, like at a club, let's say the Broncos stay where they're at and they're a premiership threat for the next ten years, and and Reece stays a fullback, he might be one of the biggest stars we've ever had. Be interesting to see. We've got a World Cup 2025. I'd pick him at fullback. Yeah, I, I was just thinking. I reckon he's a good shot to be the one for would that. You, who would you go, Teddy or Reese or someone else? In 2025, it's two years away. Look, oh, look, I'd pick him this year. Pick him this year at fullback. Yeah, yeah, right. That, maybe that's my bias. But I'd pick him this year. Look what he did in Origin. It was he was the best fullback in the field in Origin for for the series. Even not like thinking to that World Cup in 2025. Yeah. That'll be. 10 games yeah. that he could play at fullback and really yeah. own be, I reckon it'll be him, between him and Scotty Drinkwater for that. KP? Um, oh, KP as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, by 2025, Ted will be done by, not done NRL-wise, but Kangaroos fullback-wise yeah. by then. But, yeah, KP v Walsh yeah, is what I was thinking so true. And I mean, that's assuming that you're not going to pick Turbo. You're not going to pick Latrell there. Like yeah. you could, depending on how their next two seasons go. There's a lot of options there, but Reese Walsh, where he's sitting at the Who moment. Who do you pick at fullback this year when the team's selected? If it's selected. Um, yeah. Oh, fuck, I, I don't know. I, you've got me thinking Reese Walsh now. I still think they'd go Teddy. Yeah, out time. of respect. Yes, yeah. I want to see a final series. Yeah, I that's do. a good point. I, like, I want to see how... I know we've seen Walsh perform for the Maroons, and that's yeah. about as big as it gets. If he comes out and does it again in a final series for the Broncos, well, that's probably enough to twist me to, to Reese mm. Walsh. And I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but if you go look on sports bet at the moment, the Clive Churchill medal odds, Dylan Edwards is at $8 to win back-to-back Clive Churchills. Oh, Poor Dylan Edwards. I, d- I do think he's been a bit quieter this year. I do. Yep. I don't think he's been as his, his standard that he had set. Maybe, maybe in the start of the year he did. I think he's a little bit quiet last few games, as in quiet compared to his... Crazy standard that he had set. Who would you go for back? I'd go Walsh, and I I think it's different for Blues because Teddy's been. I know he's the captain of Australia, but he's been the captain of the Blues, and you know, best for the Blues last five years. That World Cup last year was the first international like 
top first international games in like since COVID. So there's no real mortgage on the jersey. I think it has to go to the people. Well, we saw DCE, you know, because it'd been so long since DCE had that seven role. You know, Cleary eventually, at, mm. you know, got that jersey off him. Mm. Yeah, I, right now I agree with you. I like your chat about let's see him in finals footy. But if I had to select the team right now, it would be either Reese Walsh or Scotty Drinkwater. You know what? I'm actually Caelan Ponga right now. Yeah, that's fair. I think, like, if KP stays fit between now and end of season, I mean, it'd be fantastic for the Knights if there was some finals footy involved in there and we saw KP in finals, but KP's been there and done it for years and years. I think at this stage he's more well-rounded than yeah. Reese Walsh. Again, Knights at this stage probably won't be playing finals footy. If Walsh comes out and kills finals, he could jump KP, but right now I'm going KP. If you were a Queensland selector right now, who would you pick, KP or Reese Walsh? Well, I've had to think about this, and it's it's controversial. But next year, I don't know if I said this on the bloke potty a few weeks ago or not. But you have Reese Walsh at one. You can have KP at fourteen. I think I did bring it up, but like, if you want both of them in there, you start Harry Grant at nine. And then you've got Ruben Cotter who can give Harry Grant a spell at nine if you want him to for 15 minutes. No Benny Hunt. That's where it's controversial. Mm. Do, you wow. take, do you take, like, do you take Caelan Ponga and Reese Walsh? Because there's coverage. You don't, I just don't necessarily think you need both hookers because you've got Ruben Cotter there who mm. can slot in and give the, like we know Harry Cotter, uh, Harry Cotter, Harry Grant can play 80 minutes at hooker. Origin's a bit different. You don't necessarily want him to, but... Mm. Put Codder in there for 10 15, and you can have Ponga and Reese Walsh. That terrifies me. I'm not saying that's the right option. I'm saying that is an is it, option. Is an option. I just think Benny Hunt's just been too bloody good in Origin. You get, he keeps that. I won't leave Ben Hunt out. The, no. the other, uh, and that's where, like, in two years' time, when let's say, they won't, you're right, mm. they won't leave Ben Hunt out. Mm. And that's fair. In a couple of years' time, when DCE's <coughs> done, and, and I think when Benny Hunt slots into the seven, again, like Benny Hunt's getting on his career as well, but whether it's him or Tommy Dearden, that Walsh KP yep. one and 14 can work with yeah. Cotter there. I thought it was interesting. Obviously, DC played his 300 the other day. Cliffy Lyons came out and said that he was going to back him in for 400. And I sort of went, oh, no way. Then I went, I watched him and I was like... He doesn't look like he's... Has he played better? Yeah. Yeah. He does not look like an agent. And let's say he seven. plays a season too long. That might get him to 400. Yeah. Because he's at least got two more years. So let's say he plays every game, which he pretty much does. So let's say he plays, let's just go conservative, 22 games a season. That's 44. Two more years. Fuck. Which 22 games a year based on DC's career, he'll shit in. Yeah, easy. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? It's, uh, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. He does not look at, at, this, at all. Um, anyway, back just to Just on Reese Walsh there, yeah. sorry, when you were talking about him as a potential kangaroo's fullback. Like, I, I don't think there are test matches at the end of this year, mm. but, geez, that would be an incredible effort for Reese Walsh. He was the Australian schoolboys fullback in 2019 oh. to be the kangaroo's fullback four years later, which if there was test matches played this year, he'd be a good shot. would be unbelievable. Yeah, that KP shout has rattled me a little bit because he's been <laughs> so fucking good. And he's older, he's more experienced. But, oh, man, Reese just doesn't – he's so dynamic. He's so, anyway, we'll get to the, get to the game. Um, Paddy Carrigan's first try, how good was that to see? But, yeah, the Brizzy Broncos, just the way they're playing, if they can do this week in, week out, what, what I love about them, I actually think that they're – oh, maybe that's a bit too far, but their attack – you know what? I actually think that when they're on, when they get on that, that level of, like, 20-minute period where they're crazy, I actually think it's probably the best attack in the comp. I think uh, 
yeah, against certain teams. Mm. But I, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm not. The thing I worry about with Brisbane is come finals time, if the Panthers, for example, are going to let you play that style of footy. Well, they have beaten Panthers essentially full strength round one. Um, Respectfully, though. I couldn't care less because we know what the Panthers are like come finals footy. They mm. flick a switch. They have been yeah. treading water for 27 weeks mm. and that's what they do. Yeah. I think that I think that the Broncos have enough explosive players that have played, you know, really well in big games, Origin and that, that their attack could genuinely trouble uh, the Panthers. I think that if they played the Panthers in finals footy and they completed at like 88 to 90%, that's when they could really trouble them. My concern with the Broncos is is they go into a finals game and they complete at 70%. Reese Walsh, you know, he's, he, he tries a bit too hard. Ezra Mam is, you know, looking for flick passes a bit too much. They're attacking out of their own a bit too much. So it's like find a, try, trying to find that balance. But, yeah, I think when they hit their straps in regards to when you see those 20-minute blocks of just the most exciting footy you can see in the NRL right now, I think they're the best attacking team in the comp. And I think that Penrith can have a tendency to be a little bit conservative. And so I wonder whether, like, for example, on the weekend, like, they probably should have won a bloody 40 nil. Now, I don't know whether that's because Sharks just defended their ass off. Um, but, look, Panthers are clear favourites right now, clear favourites. Let's not pretend they're not. But I do think Broncos do have a squad that can really upset and rattle them because they're just so explosive through the middle. Um, but they would still go into a game against the Broncos' favourites. But let's get into this game. Uh, Katoni Staggs, how consistent has he been since, what, what do you reckon, around... Four or five. Yeah, he's really coming to his own this year, and he's not like we've always said. We don't need Katoni to have Brian to- twenty-eight runs. Yeah, just need him to have twelve to seventeen. Yeah, and we're good as gold. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing that the last few weeks. So I, I said it earlier. Like I thought, I don't know how he wasn't given that try off that kick. That was one of the most <laughs> bizarre things I've ever seen. And also the other one that we spoke about when the referee got in the way, Bruce Walsh. Had him on his outside. Yeah, he's drawing past and he scores there too. So all of a sudden, Katoni has three tries and he's player of the week all of a sudden. It's yep. two weeks in a row sort of thing. So I've, yeah, I'm really hoping Katoni's turned a corner because he has, he's done this to us previously. Mm. Not in this long form, yeah. to be fair. And not like this, I don't think either. I yeah. think he's done it in like he's had those crazy games where he steamrolls fucking three people and scores a mad try. I don't think we've seen him play like four or five games where he's, you know, had 15 to 20 kind of carries. And I think he is. If you guys are going to give this premiership a real shake, I think he's a very important piece. We need that explosiveness out on the edge. Herbie's really, really good, gets through a bunch of work. But Katoni Staggs is that kind of player that, you know, you go into a finals game, it's at the 70th minute, there's no one's given an inch, and then he just goes bang. What's great as well is if, you know, we're comparing him to Penn. Let's say we're looking at a... Going well ahead of myself here, but if we're talking to Penrith versus Broncos grand final, mm. talking to Tony Stargs and Isaac, Isaac Tungo, oh. it should be an absolute belter. Oh my God. One of the great 1v1 battles. Mate, imagine how physical that would be. Far out. Um, yeah, so loving that from Stargs. Just, go, just going back so quickly to Reese Walsh, what I loved about him in this game, how quickly his kicking game is evolving. Mm. So I love where he jumped in. I think it was for the first try of the game. His kick for Mam. He basically just jumped in front of Adam Reynolds and goes, oh, I've got it, mate. All yeah. good. A, like, delicate little pop over the top. Yeah. People man, don't know how hard that is. Man flies in and gets it, scores. But his short kicking game, well, I think he rolled a couple in behind the line there. Mm. His long kicking game's coming along. That's an asset of his game that, you know, we knew he had, but probably going to take time from de- to develop. And it will, but it's coming on leaps and bounds. I think it's also picking his moments when to kick. 
Mm. He was re- he was doing my head in at the start of the season because mm. he was picking poor moments. Like, as you said, that, that kick he put in Fezra Mam, that was never going to play out any other way. <laughs> that was like an undefendable kick. You couldn't do it because it lands right in the dead space, yeah. and no one ever practices for mm. that. No, nah. there's nothing was, you can do. Yeah, because if you if you, if you're a fullback and you do find yourself in that spot, you're actually out of position. Or you've pre-read the play and you know they're going to kick it. Because if, if the fullback was already there, then the grubber in closer to the ruck just smashes him. Yeah. Like he smashes him. And, if, and look at Teddy's body language when he puts in the kick. Like mm. Teddy is effort on effort. He knew it was so good that he just went, oh, fuck. Yeah, I perfect. can't do anything. It takes a lot of pressure off Adam Reynolds as well if he can continue to develop this side of his game. Because uh, Ezra Mann, decent kicking game. Like not known for it as such, but it'll come. Billy Walters does a little bit of dummy half, but it will take a heap of pressure off a Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another bloke I want to talk about that I thought had his best game in quite a while is Kurt Catewell. Mm. Kurt Catewell was so good for us, and he just – he brought all those things that you want him to bring when he got signed to the club. You know, just so much effort. Effort on effort, tackling his ass off. Um, it's probably the freest I've looked – I've seen him kind of even move for a while. I think ever since maybe mid last year – he might have needed a shoulder reconstruction and he had a few other th- a few other issues. I think that it's taken him a while to get that balance in his body back again. Um, I thought he was outstanding on the weekend and I think that there was a bit of me getting to the point where I was like, I think Kirk Cable was more suited to the bench rather than starting. But with a game like that on the weekend, I go, okay, maybe, maybe we're not there yet. Maybe we're not there yet um, because he was outstanding for us on the weekend. 36 tackles, two misses, uh, two offloads. Um, 100 metres, two tackle breaks, a line break, and just just effort, constant effort, which you need on the edges there. Mate, a guy that stood out to me, and I'm looking at the stats now, I can't believe he only played 21 minutes. Yeah. Kobe Hetherington yeah. put on I about four same. shots. It felt like he was playing for 55 out there. He had a, a HIA. I think he failed yeah. a HIA. Yeah. Yeah. He, what an ox when he was out there. Yeah, he was a maniac. Yeah. He, he's been great for a bit. Actually, there was a period there where I was going Hass. Carrigan to start the front row and you start him at 13. Um, I'm not sure how good his ball playing is compared to... I think Paddy Carrigan's development or his ball playing kind of took that position mm. from... Because Paddy wasn't this good of a ball player a couple of years ago. And also just Paddy's size, like far out. He's just so important for us. Anytime a tough carry is needed, Paddy Carrigan just happens to be there. Like he's timing of when tough carries... It's, it's the same as Ruben Cotter. Like for some reason... The back's against the wall, and Paddy Carrigan just happens to be the guy that's there ready for that hit up. And people say, well, he ran there. But you don't understand, like running in off your edge, to time it so that you don't fuck up a play going forward, it's like it's what Hodges was so good at. For some reason, somehow, some way, he would just pick his moment to come in from the centre and take a scoot. Usually, as a centre, you're going, I can't go in because I don't, we don't hold width. I've but never Paddy, seen a bloke cover more ground in one step than Justin Hodgson oh, done it was, um, And he would do a f- right foot step every time and he'd get him every time. <laughs> every time. Um, yeah, but Paddy Carrigan, I, I honestly, I'm getting to the point where, you know, he might go down as one of the best forwards we've ever seen. Honestly, that's how good – like he, he won player of the series in his debut origin series um, in a series that, you know, they weren't the favourites, that he's a forward as well. Usually it's the halves or the fullback or um, – I just think that he's just got so much – he's so well-rounded as a player. There's not a single part of his game now where I think he needs to work on, which is crazy. Yeah, I, I genuinely th- – I was talking about it the other day, like looking at, you know, the best origin players all time and everything. I, I think he is going to be right up there Mate. at the end of his career. Like 
right up there. Well, he was in our top three players this series. He's in the top three players every series, and he will continue to be. It's origin. It's going to be tight. Toughest guys are going to win. Yeah. He's the toughest, smartest. Like, he's everything out there. That's a, that's a really unique mix that he's got is this is he's super smart footy-wise, and he's as tough as fucking nails. He is so tough. Like, all, all the things that you can't really coach, the IQ, leadership, just brutal toughness, he's got them all already. It's, it's wild, eh? He's, what, 24? Maybe 25, maybe. Um, so, got a long career ahead of him. Um, outside of that, Adam Reynolds, once again. Jeez. Let's talk about a club-defining signing. He's 25. Turned 25 this year? He's actually 1st of January. 1st of January, yeah. So he turned 25 at the 1st of January? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, Adam Reynolds, talk about a powerhouse club like the Broncos in absolute dire straits. He comes to the club and the value that he has brought is seriously like you look at his contract – and then you compare, okay, how many extra tickets do we, do we sell because we're in the top four? How many more people buy merchandise? How many more people are willing to come to the club? How many p- more people are willing to stay? He's underpaid by a mile. I think that we're going to look back at Adam Reynolds similar to how we look at Ben Kennedy when he arrived at the Manly Seagulls. Mm. He's only there for two years, but he sort of just changed the culture, mm. turned a lot of things around. They were very successful after that. And I, I think the Broncos are going to be very successful with Adam Reynolds. But I think that... You know, what he's brought to this club and especially the impact it's had on Ezra Mam and Reese Walsh at a very delicate part of their career. Mm-hmm. He's going to pay dividends for the next 10 years for Brisbane. Mate, absolutely. Like, I can't stress enough, you know, as a club as big as the Broncos, when you're down at the bottom of the table, you, you lose millions of dollars. Not just like, it's not just like, oh, damn, we're down at the bottom of the table again. No, no. You go from making six, seven million profit a year down to like, three or four. If you keep staying down at the bottom of the table, you can kind of hang on to yesteryear's success for a bit but if you stay down there, it literally can decimate a club. Even a guy like Pat Carrigan, like I am, I've never met him, don't know from Barrisite, but I'm very confident he would be hanging off Adam Reynolds and just being a sponge yeah. to everything he's saying and just getting an idea of his footy IQ. And because I, I almost think Pat Carrigan, you know, he's obviously a forward and he plays tough, but he's like, he's got the IQ of a half. Mate, if anyone doubts it, go and listen to him mic'd up. Yeah. He is literally calling stuff out left, right, and centre. Like, and my, people might think, oh, that might be pretty common. Like, you do video sessions. It's not. When you're out in the heat of the battle and you're blowing, you are not picking out. You might call things like right foot, left hand carry. You might call that. But the specific nature of what he was doing was just fucking unbelievable. Like you literally listen to those tapes and he's telling you what they're going to do on play four or on play yep. two. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. And I think as well, his communication in defence is actually the best bit of it all. Oh, mate, it's so important too. People don't really don't appreciate, if you aren't communicating in defence, that's when you get like different people shooting up, people not shooting up, people being lazy. Like the amount of times you need your front rowers to be like, mate, come with me. What did we see when the Storm were killing it with Harry Grant and Cheese? They would talk to each other and say, let's fucking go on a set here. And they would just be shooting out a line jamming blokes. Um, another bloke I want to give a shout out, I thought Dean Mariner was outstanding outstanding didn't have the highlights but if you go back and watch that game he took so many tough carries he barely ever got dominated didn't drop a ball really really solid winger like the fact that he came in and did what he did when Corey Oates is usually so important to us I thought he was outstanding will he be a left center next year I think probably Jesse Arthur's because he probably suits center a little bit better but in saying that with the way he played on the weekend if he keeps playing like that then mm. he's got to go Mariner yeah they might go Mariner but due to his I guess his game-breaking ability. Yeah. I just think the size of Jesse Arthurs might help him a little bit. Mm. But I tell you what, he's an equal shot at it for sure. Equal. Anything else on the Broncos, boys? All good, Matt. 
Maddie, anything on the Broncos? No, nah, we spoke about team of the week before, and there was actually I thought there was a lot of centers that that missed out, but both the Broncos centers I thought were were so good. I only spoke about Stags at good length before, but yeah. I thought yeah. Herbie did a great great job on mine. Mate, Herbie's so bloody good. I fucking, we're going to miss him. Miss him. He's going to be so good for the Dolphins. And him and Flegler, fuck. Talk about good signings for yeah. the Dolphins. Oh, my God. I'll tell you who else. Uh, he didn't blow the world away, but I think he's going to be a good signing for the Titans, that Palacio. He's going to be a great signing for the You put him Titans. with Mo, Tino. Yep. I reckon like their, their front row is going to be fantastic next well, year. Well, it shores up. It, it completes it, yep. in my opinion. I think they're a bit short at the moment. When, when Mo or Tino go off, they lose a bit of that go forward. And I think that's the hole that Jared Wallace left. <laughs> yeah. Now, yep. I, I think he's going to be a good little signing. Well, he when he a couple, I think it was like two years ago, he came in and, and actually played in the trials as well. He was outstanding, Palacia. And then I think, you know, it seemed like because he was – not on the outer, but it, well, he clearly was on the outer because he went to the Titans. Maybe that just, I guess, hurt his confidence a little bit and brought a little bit less energy. But this year when he's come back into the side, he's been outstanding for yeah. us. Outstanding for us. Now onto the Roosters. Um, I think the, the really concerning thing for the Roosters with this game is, is they came out and gave it absolutely everything. <laughs> like they, were, they didn't come out and not have a dig. Like they were there to absolutely dominate the game. And unfortunately... They just looked off the pace. And to say that about a Rooster side as stacked as this, it's probably the most shocking thing of the whole season. The fact that the Roosters looked like a team that wasn't as good on paper as the other team. Like, if you didn't know the names and you just watched that game, you would think that the Roosters' roster is – they need to completely rebuild pretty much. I've got a million more questions about the Roosters than answers. And it seems you just add more every week. I – yeah, I don't know, mate. I I actually thought Brendan Smith had a reasonably good game out of hooker, but I, I can't believe that Jake Turpin only played five minutes the other night. Super bizarre. Like I, switch him around. Oh, switch him around. I, like you, you're getting bashed through the middle. you got Brandon Smith sitting at dummy half. Yeah. Get him at third. I, I know Cheese doesn't want to play there, and he's been very vocal about it, but Christ, Craig Bellamy was using him that way. Mm. Like, I just – I can't believe they're just leaving him at dummy half and not using him as a middle forward. They need it. They're getting bashed from pillar to post. Yep. And unfortunately, like, even if, if Cheese doesn't want – like, he wants to be hooker long-term and actually sign for it, I get that. But this happens to a lot of great rugby league mm. players in their career and they're forced to play out of position for what's best for the club. And, look, this isn't saying that Cheese is putting his hand up and saying, I won't do it because I'm sure he's not. But – as you said, Guru, that they need some momentum through the middle, both in attack and defence, and Cheese can bring that. And he just his running opportunities, I think, are a bit limited at number nine. He has to worry about so many other dimensions of his game and getting the team around the park, which I just think you want to give him the ball, go hammer and tong, go hard, and, and I'm with you, mate. I'd be playing him through the middle as a lock. They lost Egan Butcher in the 11th minute, and they still played Brandon Smith for 75 minutes yeah. at hooker. I do not understand, like... At no point should you be playing Brandon Smith at seventy, like seventy-five minutes at hooker. Like he is—that's not where he's best served. He's best served as yeah, plays a bit in the hooker, and you bring him out, you get him explosive through the middle, get some momentum. Because like that's the one thing the Broncos forward pack would have struggled with was a smaller nuggety body. Yep. Because our Bronco, our forward pack is so fucking big with Payne Haas. Like physics does exist. Payne Haas can only be so lateral. He can only move so well. Actually, Paddy Carrigan, another big body. Flegler, another big body. Palacia, huge body. If you go back and watch the 2020 grand final that the Melbourne Storm won over the Penrith Panthers and 
you, look, just watch the way that Bellamy uses cheese throughout that game. And there, there's a thing that they did on Fox where they, they got a couple of Melbourne boys to sit back and re-watch the game. And Cheese was one of them, right? And Cheese just been the cheeky bastard. He is. Every time he went on the field, he won a penalty that got them two points. <laughs> and Cheese was keeping track of it. And he was going, huh, I was worth two points then. I was worth four points. Now I'm worth eight points. And you could see you could see Craig Bellamy. It was shitting him, but he's like, you're 100% right now. <laughs> yeah. yep. You literally just win the middle. You're the best momentum guy in rugby league. And I pick and choose when I put you on. And it puts points on the scoreboard. Yeah. Mate, I agree. Very, very surprising. And I guess, you know, there's a lot of pressure on guys like Heary and Radley. There really is. Like they're they're big dogs. They're superstars. You know, Hargreaves was okay, but you know, when you've got Manu who doesn't do much, Suwali'i who has been nowhere near the player he was last year, a lot of questions have got to be asked on these key players on big contracts that are superstars. And it's not like they're superstars at a poor club. They're superstars at the best club in the comp that a lot of people think. You know. I know he's been out of the game for a long time, but geez, I would love if they're, if they're not going to move Cheese to the the middle. I'd love to see them give Dylan Napa a shot again. Mm. Played just I think seventy five of... minutes in New South Wales Cup on the weekend. Napa did Napa at front row. Like, I couldn't believe last week when Victor Radley, last week of the week before Victor Radley got ruled out, and I think it was Fletcher Baker they brought in. And I just mm. thought, what does what does Napa have to do? He's been there. He's done it for you before. I mean, I, I reckon if you put Dill back in that side, I reckon JWH should go to another level as well. Because he would love it. And, and Lindsay Collins would really thrive well, off it as well. The other thing as well, which it still makes no sense to me whatsoever, Takiaho has been such a huge loss in this side. Oh, massive. Massive. 69 as, minutes, Napa. Yeah. In as I said. Row. That prop, yeah. As I said, I think that, you know, this round of recruitment and releasing and keeping players and transfers, I think they just haven't nailed it the way they usually do. Yeah. And, and usually they are so, so good. Um, look, the positive for the Roosters is it can turn around quickly for them. They're a great club with a great roster, with a great staff, with a great board. Everything is, you know, geared towards success at that club. I guess the negative is, though, is that you, it's probably not being talked about enough, the fact that this this side should be in the top four. Since you said, Kemi, before, like, it's not necessarily a lack of individual efforts. Like, they were going out there, they were having a crack, they were running hard. It's more about their execution, and I feel like it has been all year. Not so much these individual efforts being poor, but they just look like they're all playing on a different page. Like in attack in particular, mm. they're just so sideways and just drifting over and over. Like no one wants to, to straighten up and play direct and get defenders to bite in and, and like try and, like they're trying to strip them, but they're doing mm. a terrible job of it. Like you never see wingers in space for the Roosters or even close to it when they, they're mm. not threatening at all. I think... I think they've really missed Kiri digging into the line. Like that time. used to be his thing. He'd hit the ball at fucking such a high pace that the defenders didn't have time to think about it. Now the king, kings of stripping numbers. Yeah, and and like Kiri just hasn't been that player that we know he is this year. And when we've said like Teddy's ball playing has been off this year, and particularly in those three v two scenarios, it has been off. Like it fell off a cliff, and it all ties back into well, they're also not creating space for him with these three on twos. They haven't all season. Mm. Mate, for t- at this points where I watch them and I go, the guy that looks like he's in the most control is the halfback, Smith. Yeah. He no, should like, be a passenger yeah. in this team compared to yeah. your Kiris and your Teddies and these sort of guys. In their def- like I'd say in their defence this week, but they've been poor all season in attack. Brisbane's defence was outstanding, but like they had one line break in this game. It said the two tries came off kicks. So it was five line breaks to one with that rooster with side. With that roster. Yeah. Uh, a side with Tedesco, Tupo. Manu, Suali'i, Kiri, Hargreaves, Smith, Collins, 
Bradley, and they only had one line break. You normally get two or three token line breaks from just one of these freaks busting through. That's what I mean. Like, like Joey um, Manu can bloody do it on his own. Yeah. That's what I think that – I do think that there's more than just them playing poorly. Like if it was most of the players not playing well, but we still had some outstanding performances in regards to like at least a few of them were having career best years, then I could be like, okay. But I, I do think that they are – the loss of Fitzgibbon a couple of years ago, the loss of Riles, I think there might be uh, more going on in regards to the environment there. It just doesn't seem like the, the Roosters' environment we're used to. It just doesn't seem like it. And, like, the other thing as well, you speak about the environment. Like, mate, up until this year, like, this is the first year I've ever heard anything come out of the Roosters, any rumours, anything. I don't know what's true, what's not, mm. but there is constant noise out of there, and there never has been in the past. Mm. Yeah. Look, the thing is, is we know how good Kiri can be. We know how good Radley could be. I just, you just wonder like what, I just would love to know what the conversations are in the club. You know, like, are they overtrained, undertrained? Are they not all on board? Yeah, but then you watch them, as you said to me, you watch them and there's no one that doesn't have a crack here. Like every player here has a red hot crack, but it's just not clicking. Like it is, they're just not clicking. So one silver lining, mate, Daniel Tupu. Top best try scorer of all time. Mate, he deserves that so much. Yeah. He, he has just gone for so long at that club, just doing his job, scoring tries. And just seems like a legend as well. Yeah, really Never good guy. carries on. Yeah. He'll score three tries in a game and just there's no outlandish celebrations, which he'd be absolutely entitled to. He's achieved so much. Just seems like a very down-to-earth, humble fella, Daniel Tuber. So uh, incredible achievement for him at one of the oldest clubs in the NRL. Like Our old, oldest club in the NRL, Roosters? Yeah, I think East, yeah, easily. East for 1908. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. It's an old club. Yeah, you look. You look at Teddy. <laughs> so false. So <laughs> it's just ridiculous. You look at Teddy. He had 139 meters, two tackle breaks. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The week before, he was like phenomenal. Yeah. I, look, I, I do think that some big decisions need to be made at the end of this year. I do think we are going to see big changes at the end of the year at the Roosters um, because it doesn't matter how you look at it. You know, maybe some of these players need a fresh start at another club. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe they need to bring in more – well, they definitely need to bring in more coaching staff because they lost two coaches. But maybe they need to review the coaching and how it's all done and how it's all – Maybe Trent Robinson needs a reset himself in regards to not. I, I just I still think he's the coach for the job, but I, maybe he needs to go away and go. You know what? What a and he, look to be to be fair to him in every press conference he has taken responsibility for it and said I need to be better. Um, but maybe he needs to go away and genuinely like reset the way he's honestly the way I see it with Trent Rob, with Trent Robinson. He's one of the best coaches of the NRL generation. Three premierships, a bunch of minor premierships, but I would almost love to just go um, Men in Black. Erase his memory that he's won three premierships, mm. and just get back to what made him so great. And because I don't know, like I, I do feel like that there needs to be a refresher at the Roosters, not not with new personnel in regards to Trent Robinson, but maybe just a refreshing of mindset. Maybe because when you when you look at this and you go, okay, Lindsay Collins, Marone's best player all series essentially, or top two, comes back to Roosters struggles. Teddy has like every player is struggling, so. I just think that there needs to be a, a, a big reset in a lot of things at a club. Like I go to the Broncos, for example. So 
we had that early success, early 2000s. So it was like, you know, heaps of premierships, all that good stuff. Then we didn't get a premiership for like four or five years. So Wayne Bennett just, just reset everything, reset the way we thought, the way we trained, brought in a high performance coach that like had, was very, his name was D ben, Dean Benton, very like new to the way, like back then this wasn't brought in, like a lot of like aggressive stretching and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, and we obviously won the comp, well, the squad won the comp um, in 2006 when he brought in. And so like even guys like Wayne Bennett, Sometimes just need a yeah. a refresher. And and you're right, Kim. Like you, you hate digging the boot into a bloke with a track record of of Trent Robinson's and as recent as only a few years ago with his premierships. But like questions have to be asked in the fact that like we, it's not hindsight here. The recruitment we questioned it before the season started. Mm. You just mentioned like the players are digging in and having a crack, but the execution in everything they're doing has been so far off all season. Team selections, again, not hindsight because we've said it before, the games have played out that have looked completely off at a lot of times this season. So you have to sit there and go, is he at the top of his games? And it's unfair because it's not one it's not one man. The coaching staff and the recruitment, there's such a massive team yep. behind this and he's just the kingpin of it, the head coach is. But, mate, there's just so – there's been a lot of issues this year. Well, I mean, look at the Broncos. Kevy stayed as coach, but there was a big refresh. Um uh, and, and, re- and they re-signed him, obviously. There was a big refresh. And look how much that's changed things. And so I look at the Roosters and I go, I still think Trent Robinson is the man for the job, but I do think a refresh. Does it? Maybe it's not with staff. Maybe it is. I don't know. But just in the way they do things, the approach to things. Because sometimes when you're – I mean, that's what's so impressive about the Penrith Panthers. But sometimes when you're at the tippity top like the Roosters have been, it can get a bit monotonous sometimes. And, and things don't affect you the way they did, you know, maybe two or three years ago. Um, so yeah, I think Robbo's the man for the job. I mean, look at his resume; it's unbelievable. Just maybe a reset coming into 2024. Some um, silver linings for the Chooks, obviously. Uh, Timmy mentioned that Dylan Napa played huge minutes in New South Wales Cup. Um, Josh Wong played 70 minutes, scored a try, ran for 240 meters in the back row. Had a very good game. He could start this week. I reckon he's a very good chance he to get a blinder on the weekend. Mm-hmm. On the weekend, and the other one is Robert Toyer, who's a young centre. He played uh, SG ball for them last year. Did his ACL. He's just come back. He had a big game as well. Who I mm-hmm. think could find himself uh, on the wing for Suwali next well, year. Well, you go quickly. back to 2016. They had that terrible year. All that stuff off field happened. I think they come like second last or something like that. The next year they were boom back on top, and then obviously 2018, 19 happened. That can happen again. Like we can have this year where we go, what the hell happened? They can come out, and that's how. So they're not like other clubs that are at the bottom of the table where you're going, fuck, this is going to take five years to get out. This could take just a, an off-season. If, if they have the exact same squad, exact same coaching stuff, nothing changes and we get into pre-season next year and we're assessing them, we're still like, – I don't know about you, but I'm still sitting there going, top four needs to be the goal for this squad. Oh, absolutely. Like this year's been so bad, but it's not going to change the perspective and the ambitions of what the club and what the roster should, should be doing. Yeah. And I think Lindsay Collins is like the perfect example of that. Goes to origin, plays like an absolute maniac. So like the roster, if you looked at Lindsay at club, you would go, yeah, good player, but is he one of the best front rowers in the comp? If you watched him at origin, you'd go, he's the best front rower in the comp. Um, Well, I I remember three weeks before origin one, I went on my podcast and I picked my Queensland team and I was 50-50 having Collins in there. I know. Based on Rooster's form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, look, hopefully there's a resetter in the off-season uh, because, yeah, they, they just don't seem to be clicking. The effort's there. They're having a red-hot dig. But, yeah, a full reset, I think, um, could really help the Roosters in regards to just freshen their minds and, and the way they approach the game. It almost seems a bit bizarre to say because it's like, we're talking about 
players that are way more successful than us and doing have done incredible things. But I've still got time though. Don't rule us out. <laughs>